Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts. Matt. Oh my God, what the hell is that? Matt Rohrbeck. Did you hear that or no? Maybe that's it a hitman like, trying to assassinate yeah, I don't know. you. Is it's Georgie probably, being paid George, by Sarah I'm sure to kill you? Georgie's probably doing something. I have no fucking idea. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved. Eric Marchin. Matt, I'm just posting on uh, the Instagrams about Tribeca beginning. You wrote a post, so I'm just transferring it over to the social medias uh, right now. So that's how excited I am about uh, <laughs> the hitman's wife's well, body. I think this is going to be the most interesting thing to talk about in terms of this film. Is it? the hitman's wife's bodyguard or is yeah. it hitman's wife's bodyguard now internationally it's known as the hitman's wife's bodyguard but in north america it's known as it's hitman's hit- wife bodyguard but if you go to vvs on twitter they have both if you go on to <laughs> the wikipedia the, the wikipedia or the screener link that we were sent yeah. they also have both so yeah so the poster on wikipedia says hitman's wife's bodyguard why are we who cares but this is <laughs> the, the most exciting thing to talk yeah, about i think I it's almost like in the same way that's like you talk about the fast and the furious titles where you know like one of them is called the fast and the furious and then another one's called fast and furious and you have to be specific with the titles now i'm not saying that the hitman's bodyguard's wife or hitman's wife's wife's bodyguard bodyguard or bodyguard buddies is you know as exciting as a fast and furious movie it's not but the stupidity of its titling i think is the most exciting thing about it and i think that's the the movie's so try hard and and again we'll we'll get into it in a sec um but i i don't know i don't really have much to say but like here's the thing do you remember you have a way better memory than i do especially when it comes to movies like I, i and but I don't know when it comes to the hitman's bodyguard. Do you remember a single frame or some uh, uh, something that happens in that movie? Because I well, I there is this. a single frame in this movie that reminds you of what happened in the last film that actually sure. gives Gary Oldman a credit for this movie, uh, mm-hmm. which is just archival footage of. Uh, him trying to assassinate uh, Samuel yeah. Jackson's character at the like hang. Gary Oldman's in the first movie. Yeah, he's I villain. watched that movie. I don't remember. He has like a weird Eastern European accent, which sounds. Uh, the only right. thing I truly remember from the first film is that Samuel Jackson wears hoodies throughout, and right, it made right, him look right, older right. than he actually. Because Samuel Jackson is old, but he doesn't look old usually. Like, but when he's wearing a hoodie, hoodie it looks like an old man trying to look younger. Yes, and right? that's the yeah. one thing I took away from uh, the Hitman's Bodyguard. Mm-hmm. Um, that specifically, and that I couldn't have told you that uh, Gary Oldman was in the first movie. I had no yeah. idea. Yeah, he was. The Richard villain. E. Grant is also in the first. Yeah, movie, he was in the he's... opening. Uh, he was in the in the prologue of the first film, and then he's in this for a second. Yes, too. which this this movie doesn't make any sense as like like a callback for that character to be in the film. I thought what they were going to do was they were going to do the same thing, like they repeated. In, in, like they do in some action movies where they have the same exact scenario opening up the the, the second movie where yeah. they have the same character having to be rescued again and it's Richard E. Grant again but no what they do is they inject him later on uh, in a club scene and you're just kind of like well what's the point of having him in this movie for five seconds looking like he's tripping out on cocaine yeah uh, I god uh, like that's just, I just think very telling of I started this movie and I go wait a minute I literally could not tell you a single fucking thing 
that happened in the first movie. I I remember seeing it. I remember going to the press screening, like the night screening, and Nevis came with me. And, I, and also very telling. I went, hey, Nevis, do you want to watch this? And she was like, no, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, but it's shot in Croatia. She's like, I'm... I'm I'm good. And that's the most memorable thing about this movie to me is that it's shot in Rovine, which Eric next year, I will be able to show you every location from the Hitman's wife's bodyguard. I because, can show um, you the Rovine. My, my, my <laughs> wedding, uh, my wedding, which was supposed to be last year, isn't this year. It'll be next year. So two years delayed, much like probably this movie and other movies that are it was worth the wait though. Right. Um, I, I hope my wedding is well, this I was talking wasn't. about the movie. Uh, <laughs> I hope my wedding is less disappointing than this movie. Um, But my wedding is happening. So it was funny to see because I've been to a lot of the places that this movie um, has shot because it shot in Istria in in Croatia, uh, specifically Rovine and the surrounding areas. And I remember that being such a big deal to the people in that area is that Ryan Reynolds and Sam Jackson and Salma Hayek were all like in Rovine because like um, Nevis's parents have two apartments in that area as well right they have one that they're like kind of retirement home and then they rent out another place and so it was like a big deal for this all to be happening there in the movie they say it's italy for 90 percent of it and then they go to zagreb for one sequence and i think that was because the croatian government was probably like hey if you want to shoot here part of your movie actually has to take place in croatia um but the only thing is a terrorist attack in zagreb and then the rest of it is uh croatia imitating italy because it's probably cheaper to shoot in croatia than italy um so that's annoying as well uh tuscan croatia (laughs) yeah so anyways and then um will this be another movie that you know i barely remember a single frame from uh you'd absolutely be correct i couldn't even tell you right now what happens in this movie because i've already erased it from my brain well the other thing that i have to point out to you as you made that interesting um and and thoughtful observation about the film and sort of the behind the scenes of the making of it um you said that you know this you're hoping that your wedding's not going to be as disappointing as this movie (laughs) um i had no expectations for this film because yeah even the first movie Uh, i guess sorry this isn't disappointing that's the right yeah yeah because this the the first film who asked for this well that's the question (laughs) right that like who is this for and thinking about like the first film did well because it was released, you know, late in the summer and there's not I mean, a lot like $130 million, right. but, but that's on a pretty modest good budget. for a millennium release. And as the dogs start barking again, uh, I apologize. they heard their trigger word millennium films, millennium films. <laughs> and they're like, Oh God, we're, we're so excited about this one. Um, I couldn't help but think that it's just like, this is one of those sequels that is made out of necessity because it made its budget back and probably a little bit more revenue wise. So it's like, okay, well maybe we can squeeze it a little bit more. And even if we only make, you know, uh, two cents on the dollar, let's do it anyway. (laughs) Yeah. And that's kind of what this movie is. Uh, It's, it's cheap. It's ugly looking. Um, the cast is basically phoning it in. There's a couple weird references to Ace Ventura when nature calls uh, in this movie. And then I found like it was weirdly insensitive at times, like uh, with its music choices and just some of the uh, off color jokes that they're making. Yeah. And and then also like I, this weirdly made me feel kind of bad for Ryan Reynolds, character, the iconic 
Matthew Bryce. You know, um, who, who could forget his name? Yeah, who is a character that in this movie basically is turned into a punching bag until he's taken too much of it and explodes. So the idea is that this character... Was that still, what his character was in the first movie? Not too? really. This This movie is also weirdly... I'm not saying that the first film isn't, you know, a cartoon because it is, but this movie this is makes, legitimately a Looney Tunes cartoon. This yeah. movie makes that first film look like a gritty action movie that's grounded in reality in comparison, where this is truly like in another alter, alternate universe entirely. That's that, that, you know, doesn't take the laws of physics into account or, you know, uh, you know, damage control of any kind that happens to the human body or or physics in that matter so the idea of this film is that matthew bryce who is who was once this you know highly regarded triple a licensed bodyguard his license has been revoked since the first film because he helped uh, this repugnant hitman played by samuel jackson uh, darius kincaid um, and he's still, and, and, and Reynolds's character is still having traumatic stress from the events of the first film. And again, the first film, if you didn't see that one glimpse, you would remember almost nothing unless you're a fan, yeah. which I don't know who the fan base for this movie is. So he is given the suggestion. Yeah, sorry to stop you for one second. Yeah. The fan base are people who literally was just like, had no idea what they wanted to see. On, well, like, it was also Ga- Ga- Gosling. Uh, like, Ryan Reynolds was riding high sure. on Deadpool, right? So it's Fair. almost like, okay, this is kind of the residuals of Deadpool. Do you want to see him do the same character he's been doing since? Uh, but not three... as a superhero, but kind yeah. of is because again, like anything that actually physically happens to him that would, actually kill a normal person would not i mean how many callbacks do we need to him you know flying out of the windshield you know or being projected a hundred feet in the air and and sort of that's the, the looney tunes wily coyote kind of shit but that was right? in the first one as well where, i get it where he went through the windshield and this is amped up to times. 12 yeah yeah um so the idea is that bryce is you know given this suggestion by his therapist, which is, I think one of those off color kind of things that you, you were mentioning where it's like the therapist is like, Oh, you've completed yeah. therapy. You're done. You, all you need to do is she just is, doesn't want to listen to his thing. It, it, yeah. His, his mental illness becomes a joke. Yeah. And like, that's <laughs> yeah. kind of a weird sort of choice to make very early on in the, in the movie. So he goes to Capri, Italy, which is actually Croatia, is is- Istria and Croatia. Yeah, yeah. And so he's having a vacation and there's this whole where he's reading the book. Sorry. Another fun fact oh, the Eric, secret. is le- is, is legitimately, right near where we're getting married <laughs> right so he is literally not we're not me and you and nevis and i yeah yes um just so people i know. i will be adopted by you and nevis afterwards yeah. which is a, a whole other thing in this movie um so basically he has this sort of conversation with his future self and he keeps leaving these recordings that like you know like when he gets to that point where he can move on from you know past <clears throat> stresses uh, but unfortunately, he gets roped back into the world of Darius Kincaid when his wife, uh, Sonia, uh, played by Selma Hayek, um, hijacks him and brings him into a plot where Darius has been kidnapped by the mafia. And furthermore, they need to bail him out. And he has requested uh, Matthew personally. Uh, needless to say, 
things get even wackier, hijinks ensue, and they end up kind of being involved with Interpol, uh, led by uh, Frank Grillo's uh, Interpol agent, who is also sort of on uh, the warpath trying to take down an eccentric Greek billionaire played by Spanish thespian and Academy Award nominee Antonio Banderas, because nothing says Greek more Greek like Antonio Antonio Banderas, who his whole thing is that he wants to destroy all of Europe because Greece is being sanctioned both economically and, and financially. So he creates this drill. The plot is so convoluted. You would think that this is a bond movie, except it's not as entertaining or fun. Uh, There is a lost opportunity with both having Selma Hayek and Antonio Banderas in this movie, both of which were the leads in Robert Rodriguez's uh, Desperado. And it kind of feels like that it is self-aware in terms of like, it knows that these two actors were in that movie together. It pairs them. But it's almost more interesting turning it into a overboard joke than anything else. And it's just, a lackluster blockbuster that's not funny that's always obnoxious that the trying way too hard the post-production effects you can tell like even just through the digital like skyline that's oh that bridge in, sequence is awful like is that's when you really could tell like oh god yeah this is a millennium film if i've ever seen one um where just sk- try to skim wherever you can to make this as cheap as possible and like the music they i feel like they spent most of the budget on the on the music because it's got almost borderline suicide squad levels of like we need to have a song for every scene, but it doesn't, it's not like a stylistic choice. It's just the song is playing and it, each song becomes more and more obnoxious in each scene, um, which means they had to skim on the bridge effects when a bridge is being, you know, attacked, but yeah. Or it's yeah, like I, we, we, we have to put in a, a skyline because it's not actually representing, uh, uh, the Italian skyline. So we have to like yeah. digitally alter and that. Staff. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I get that the Istria, Istria in Croatia does look very Italian. Like it, it is well, it's right like when, the, when people shoot in Quebec, right? They, yeah, it, it has a very European look. Yeah, and um, a lot of Italians go on vacation there, and I, and I get why you do that. And you know, Toronto's New York all the time, and things like that. So it's not a big deal. Um, and it does look Italian, but um, yeah, the movie is just void of anything, really. Like much like I, I have already said, like what I'm, I've totally forgot the first movie exists. I think my biggest thing is just yeah, who who is this for? This is borderline VOD territory where you no, just it is kinda, not borderline, Matt. It is it VOD. Is, yeah, and it is one of those things where you just kind of feel bad about. It. <laughs> like you feel bad for everyone in this I don't. movie. Like they decided that, I, and they got the I, paycheck, I get it, and but... and they got a vacation out of it. It's just like, again, not funny. And like you said, it tries so fucking hard. It's like slapsticky Looney Tunes kind of like comedy first action thriller second, where maybe the first one was action first with some comedy, even though it they're you put these edit these two movies together and I couldn't tell you the difference, but except one is a little bit more ludicrous in its depiction of what reality is like. This does feel a slight two or three octaves higher than the last movie in terms of elevating the, um, the comedy to the point where like, again, like characters that are injured 
you know, unless they're if they're if they're the heroes, they're fine. But if they're the villains, yeah. they're horribly dismembered in grotesque yeah. ways. And again, it's and all that's another thing effects. is like all post production. And again, going back to the trying too hard of like just gruesome for gruesome sake, really too. Like Eye no stabbing. real. Yeah, like no real reason other than like, let's make this, you know, we're going to have them swear a lot. So we might as well have them being stabbed in the eyeballs and the brain and the like and a digital blood splatter everywhere and just like gruesome brain splatter on people just for like no fucking reason other than it just and it actually just cheapens the movie more than anything. And then it, it just again, yeah, everyone phoning it in. And I like Ryan Reynolds. I like Sam Jackson. Um, but they are just doing the same thing they've done in a hundred other movies now together. And we've already seen one movie where they were already doing that Um, to the point where I'm just like, man, like I just, I think you can get range out of Sam Jackson. I don't know if you can get range out of Ryan Reynolds. Um, I'm trying to think of something where he hasn't played this exact character. Um, I mean, people and, do like him in things like Adventureland and even Buried, where like they feel like oh, there's a, Buried. A, a, there's a one that he's trying to do something different to it yeah. in, in terms of like the situation. But yeah, I mean, he's basically the wisecracking, you know, uh, put upon hero that in this one specifically is and that's probably is a punching him. bag. It, and his whole it, thing it, in yeah. this is that he doesn't want to kill anybody. He's all about safety first. And again, like it's all the to, smart ass to kind the extreme, of yeah, right. Yeah. And and he's again. I, I'm just getting kind of tired of it. And again, I think it works for Deadpool. He's perfectly cast in that. But like seeing him pop up in, in more and more things where he's doing. You're so exact, excited for free guy. <laughs> oh, God, it looks so bad, dude. And like it, it's just he's one of those guys that I just have become tired of where I, I think he's a nice enough guy. But he even outside of movies, he acts the same way as he does in movies and maybe that's just who ryan reynolds is and that's totally fine right but he's but, become a caricature basically yeah and to your point of this movie feeling like a cartoon is like he is the epitome of a cartoon person i feel like now because like he just i can't see what is the actual ryan reynolds what is the actor ryan reynolds what characters are different from this character to any other movie he's in and then that's what ends up becoming very stale so and and vod like like i feel like you get to a point in your career where you're just doing the same thing over and over and over again and then that's why you're put into movies like hitman's wife's bodyguard that feel like it's like a bruce willis kind of thing of like bruce willis would like, kill to be in this movie oh yeah right i now. agree yeah his is a step which below, is funny because like, frank grillo has been actually co-starring in a number in a lot of, of vod, VOD bruce willis bruce, yeah. movies so and then frank grillo shows up in this and i'm like did he get like i'm not saying like you can get work done or whatever that's fine do what you want to do but I, like there's he just looked different i think in it's this the movie. hair i think it's yeah. partly the hair because his hair like i just watched boss level and yeah. boss level his hair is like totally up like he almost looks like a dragon ball z character but i think that's sure. part of the character because it is you know this groundhog day gaming you know doing the same thing over and over again where this he kind of looks almost a little bit more normal in the sense that like they just like they brought him on set like after shooting two other bruce willis movies uh which i'm sure they shot <laughs> nearby in in croatia or eastern europe somewhere because that's where a lot of you know these bruce willis vod movies are are shot now um but i know he's, i think he got bigger i think like because like again like you look at him in um 
in boss level, like he put on a lot of uh, uh, muscle. And like, I think that like, it's just maybe that's part of it. But yeah, yeah, he did look a little bit sort of sort of out of place, but also just a little bit different from what he normally looks like. But I think maybe he just put on a lot of muscle weight. Like, I, I, I don't know um but i mean i i do like him it's just that it's like i like frank grillo too it's just, i like a lot of the people in this movie i just like reynolds though his shtick <laughs> is getting to the point where it is truly as grating as like you mentioned and we talked about this already but the idea of you know the violence being grotesque and over the top just because it is a vod release and it's like that's like it doesn't only, add anything no no it that's the only like... thing we have to do and it's the same thing with kind of the foul mouth characters of both jackson and hayek where like it's not provocative it's not yeah. funny it's not a commentary on anything it's, it's nothing just like, it's yeah. just you know vile Vulgar for the for sake yeah. of being vile yeah, and that's what this whole movie is, really. Like, it's one of those things of like none of it is necessary. The and you way don't that care about them actions, wanting to yeah. have a kid, and it's also strange because there, it like we talked about Samuel Jackson looking, you know, young unless he wears like a hoodie, and then he becomes, you know, hello, my fellow teens. Um, having both Samuel Jackson and Selma Hayek trying to have a kid. <clears throat> Yeah. In their age bracket. Samuel Jackson's in his 70s. 70s, yeah. And Selma Hayek, I think, is in her 50s. His 50s, yeah. It just, it, it seems like these characters, like, they're they're making these Even characters... if he's playing in his 50s or right. 60s, which he can do, but... But it's almost like these characters are written to be the same, around the same age group as Ryan Reynolds' character. Or, or yeah. younger, you know? like Even, even though they're closer the to Morgan Freeman's age. Uh, right. age. Who also <laughs> feels digitally inserted into this movie. Like, I know we were talking about with Army uh, of the Dead, where Tignataro, you know, there were times where it's like, okay, it, the the her being inserted into that film feels a little less intrusive than you were thinking, even though you still notice it because you're aware of it already. Yeah. Where there's, there's one moment where he's on a boat where he just appears <laughs> and it almost felt like they just inserted him into the movie. Like they almost like, yeah. okay, well we don't actually have Morgan Freeman on set this day, but we'll have him, you know, do his lines to the camera and we'll just digitally place him in this one scene. Yeah. And like, that goes back to some of the kind of jokes that I didn't love either of like Ryan Reynolds being like, that's very Mexican of you to Salma Hayek or something. And then like, mexican music playing in like a shootout and i'm like this is gross or it feels kind of icky and then like the just the sight gag of morgan like i don't is this a spoiler anyways there's a there's a gag there's a gag with morgan freeman and and ryan reynolds that i'm just like it's also a sight gag yeah it it, it is and i'm just like it but it's a it's a race joke and i'm just like well the joke is I, that it's a race joke to samuel yeah, jackson's character yeah. but ryan reynolds's character Matthew Bryce is, you know, unaware of of what Samuel Jackson is trying to reference, and that's the whole I, joke. I get it, but the minute you see him, the audience is it, it. The intent is to laugh, right? Like because it's unexpected, quote unquote. Um, but even that feels icky as well. So like that's the kind of shit that and and Millennium Films is one of those like uh, or Millennium Media or whatever is just one of those kind of always feels kind of icky. Uh, film like <laughs> companies like no matter what they make and I, they're I, trashy I can... but they're not they you want to enjoy like there's there's trashy in the sense of like canon films where they're kind of enjoyable and goofy <clears throat> and like they're of their time and maybe you know 10 20 years from now there'll be a, a group of people that grow up on these movies that like them the same way that you know 
we enjoy some of those like Stallone movies or or things like that. But um, I know what you're saying. We're like, there's this. It's trash, but it's kind of like foul. It's bad. Yes, trash. like offensive trash, not fun trash. Like an Avi Lerner is supposedly a a piece of shit, and like so, like it's one of those things that Millennium Media always like. And again, I ironically say I love that the Olympus movies, even though I still haven't watched the third one. And like Mike Bannon, baby. And like that kind of stuff, I feel like is the fun trashy or can be, but even borderline is offensive at times. And like, I feel like every movie that they make is just like, this is kind of offensive at times. And like this movie, and I'm not a prude. And I, I again, I, I think that, you know, off color or, or as long as know, it's uh, funny or it, it, yeah. it makes a point, I think it's fine. But this, they're just throwing out these yeah. jokes to see what sticks. And that's what I find ultimately offensive because it just doesn't work and it's not funny. Yeah, I agree. So, and then those are the kind of things, like you said, with the, at the beginning with the uh, therapist. And then I found a couple of the other ones throughout the movie where, that I'm just like, this is like the lowest common denominator of humor that I'm just like, this is really what you're throwing out there. I'm like, it's just. Yeah. When you have Selma Hayek saying something horribly offensive on a ferry and then the camera kind of pans over to a group of nuns and you're like, really? Like that's, that's like, the level of humor we're working with. Exactly. Um. So anyways, we've spent 25 minutes on this. Which, which I'm surprised because well, I didn't we think we would have yeah. that long. I think we'd be yeah, done 10. <laughs> I went for 10 minutes on how Croatia is where I'm getting married and then this movie takes place. Which is a lot more interesting um, than this film. Yeah. Uh, Istria is a beautiful place, so you guys should go visit there. Croatia is a wonderful country to go vacation in. Um, like, I work for the Croatian Tourism Board, but um, it, it is gorgeous. And you see some of that in the movie, but it is not a pretty movie. But, like, the locations that they're at are – it made me miss Europe. It made me miss Croatia because they have – wonderful cobblestone streets and beautiful buildings and cafes and, and stuff. And it's just a completely different vibe that I I'm missing during this year and a half. We've been stuck in, in our homes driving around Oshawa, quite not the same as being in Croatia by the sea. Um, so really? I, I, I thought it was the same thing. I, I miss that. Uh, I, I think there's very little value in this movie. Uh, I, a one and a half, uh, for me, I'll give it a two. And the only reason why I'm giving it a 0.5 higher than you is that Antonio Banderas's character's name is Aristotle Papadopoulos, 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 which reminded me of Gary Busey's character in, uh, point break, (laughs) Angelo Popolis. I have a friend, Nicholas Papadakis, who is actually Greek and Australian, um but see he would have been perfect in the role yeah where exactly antonio banderas it just feels like okay well he's a big enough name like there was a time when anthony quinn when he was still i guess alive, he could be spanish greek but like but I, it just I doesn't know. doesn't feel it like doesn't. it there was yeah. a time when like anthony quinn when he was still alive they would always cast him in the sort of that either you know greek or italian role and like i get you know this is a cheap b movie uh that doesn't really care but it's almost like well wasn't there like you know like even just an italian actor around and and nothing against antonio banderas who i really do like and especially like 
you know, but he's kind of underused in this. He's too. underused like, and he like... just feels miscast. Where like, you know, a millennium film that I actually kind of do enjoy a little bit. It's it, I think it's part of the it's under the the banner is Expendables 3 where yeah. Banderas is actually amazing in that. Yeah. Film. No, I think the all three Expendable movies can be fun. They still fall in that sort of icky territory of millennium films, but, but it like... almost makes sense to the characters yes, because exactly. the characters are these old sort of over the hill, over the top. <laughs> uh uh you know action heroes where like some of their sort of off-color commentary is it's like okay it makes sense for the character where this is just like it, it, yeah there some of these people are bad people but it's like do they really need to go to the ninth degree mm-hmm. and then that's uh, uh patrick hughes did direct that too right yeah. like and then um he has man from toronto i think it's also a millennium is it no, that's no it's sony. sony that's sony sony that's a step so we up. should yeah yeah <laughs> so we'll see well it funnily um, enough though jason statham was the original uh co-star with kevin hart who's in a lot of millennium <laughs> films but then was replaced by woody harrelson mm-hmm. so i'd be curious uh what the hell that movie is going to be um thank you all for listening um we have a lot of other reviews we would love for you guys to go check out right now um you guys can check out a review for john m choose in the heights we have loki episodes one and two uh uh uh, plan b which is a wonderful little comedy streaming on hulu uh the conjuring the devil made me do it uh spiral from the book of saw cruella um we just recorded a review for awake awake oh my god i already forgot um you know when you just have cloud brain where i'm like what did we just talk about so you guys can check out that clearly it's a memorable Um, review oh yeah you know these two movies awake and man uh not man from toronto um hitman's wife's bodyguard i or is it the hitman's wife's bodyguard? i guarantee you i i will barely remember i watched them by the end of the year so uh there's that uh tribeca also starts uh today if you're listening to this on the on the friday but um and if not we should have some tribeca reviews up for you guys right now so uh right here on the reviews channel eric and i will be reviewing um uh, a plethora of uh tribeca films so will they be uh, as high quality as the hitman's wife's bodyguard or hitman's wife's bodyguard I, I hope so. I hope they're better. Um, I pray to God that they're better. Um, our latest draft, the 93rd draft of the Untitled Movie Podcast is over on that channel, which is our flagship show where Eric and I, a lot of times, two and a half hours worth of us discussing you know what's going on in our lives uh eric's love of the soft franchise get out of here my love of the toronto maple leafs our love of mayor of east town just our love you know of everything uh ele everyone (laughs) remember that movie everybody love everybody remember that uh no no one does um we're 30 please minutes. Go. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, yeah, let's please wrap this up. Uh, Letterboxd, Untitled Podcast, our Letterbox HQ. You can find all, all of our social links in there, all our, our reviews, schedules, all that jazz, um, but not a review for all that jazz. We haven't reviewed that. Um, but everything movie. but that. Um, and you know what? Follow us, Untitled underscore cast, on all those social medias. Drop us a review if you would be so kind. Follow me at Matt Rohrbeck on all those social medias, and my work is around you know the hitman's wife's bodyguard yes i will also be protecting matt and nevis as the hitman's wife's bodyguard's (laughs) friend uh you can find me uh on rogerstv.com slash cinema scene with all my latest reviews and interviews and on the social medias at em6211 until the next time 
I'm waiting for our review of Hunter Killer 2. 